welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting-edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Hello, and welcome back to Tech Law Talks. Today, I am joined by Catherine Castaldo and TJ Satnick of Reed Smith. I am Anthony Diana, and today we are going to be discussing a proposed rule titled Computer Security Instant Notification Requirements for Banking Organizations and Their Bank Service Providers. This is in relation to a new proposed rule by FDIC, OCC, and other federal regulators of financial institutions. So we're here to discuss it today with Catherine and TJ, both of whom advise financial institutions on cybersecurity instances all the time. So let's just start. TJ, who is going to be affected by this new cybersecurity rule? Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Basically, the rule uh, includes two groups. So there's banking organizations and bank service providers. So banking organizations, basically any banks that have joined the Federal Reserve System. So this would be just federal branches, federal savings associations, national banks, bank holding companies, those kinds of organizations. Bank service providers, as their name implies, pertains to any particular organization that provides certain services to banks, say check cashing, for example, things along those lines. Thanks. So, Catherine, what are the major requirements of this new proposed rule? So the new proposed rule would require covered organizations and service providers to notify the regulators following a what they call a notification incident within 36 hours after they believe in good faith some incident that would require notification has occurred. The proposed rule defines a notification incident as a computer security incident that materially disrupts, degrades, or impairs the banking operation. And this is really significant because in the past, the notification can happen, as we know, much later, but also after the evaluation of what happened and didn't include things like disruption, degrades, or unavailability. Those kind of unavailability things we saw more in rules like HIPAA and related structures, but not in the banking sector. Yeah, 36 hours seems pretty short period of time to notify anybody. Indeed. That is significant. Okay. And TJ, how does this change what people are doing now, uh, the banking organizations and service providers? Yeah. So as you said, Anthony, 36 hours is a pretty tight timeline. So right now, the I, I would say the most stringent cybersecurity regulation is the NYDFS cybersecurity regulation. And that regulation requires a 72-hour turnaround. So again, that's going to be the main difference here is just the need to notify extraordinarily quickly. So Catherine, what do you think, what are the benefits, at least, I guess, in the regulator's rule of this, of this rule? Well, I'm not sure. I would struggle to determine a benefit from this, partly because the 36-hour window is going to lead to possible false reporting or false alarms. It's going to overwhelm our already overwhelmed regulators that struggle to keep up with their current examination and incident response requirements. The 36-hour rule could lead companies to have to report disruptions that are completely and wholly within their system, because at that time, they really haven't determined necessarily what caused that disruption. So I think these are real challenges for our financial services clients going forward, that the proposed rule really needs to take a little bit broader view. Everyone who's under cyber threat needs at least a small window to evaluate, and 36 hours is really far too short. 
It's even shorter in context than the rules that require notification without undue delay, which many of them do. And the, you know, the 36 hours really holds you to a spot that is sooner than that. And without proper foundation, you may have to do notifications or raise undue alarm bells. Yeah, no, I think I can totally see that because the 36 hours, you barely, you know, the IT department or security folks know that something happened. They're probably not going to know how or why in the 36 hours, right? So it seems like this would mean that there's going to be a lot of knee jerk notifications if it's actually, if people actually follow this rule to the letter. It could. And it could also have the adverse effect of causing banks to try to figure out ways to delay the reporting so that they can somehow stay within the 36 hours, but not really like claiming when they, when it reasonably became apparent to them, that sort of thing, which is the opposite of the effect the regulator wants. They want some transparent and rapid notification, but they, they still need to give companies time to, to collect that information and make a reliable and reasonable notification. Yeah. So, so TJ, what do you think people, you know, these banking organizations should do, um, these financial services providers to prepare if this actually goes into effect? Yeah. So banking organizations should be sure they have the proper policies and procedures in place to adequately respond within the short time period. Obviously, we don't want conflicting information to be presented to the regulators. So organizations should be sure that everyone's on the same page when reporting a security incident. And of course, the short time period makes that process all the more difficult. Thanks, Catherine and TJ. This was helpful. If anybody has any further questions, any listening in, you can reach out to Catherine and TJ and they can provide further advice. Otherwise, thanks everyone for joining and hopefully you'll listen again to Tech Law Talks. Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and reedsmith.com and our social media accounts at Reedsmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved.